Yo, Solana Beach, California. Guess who's gonna get old live? Not old as in, Christ on a popsicle stick, this is boring. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob get old, mo fuckers. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are coming to the Belly Up Tavern on November 22nd. Don't miss the debauchery, Iggy B. Jay and Silent Bob get old, recording their podcast live at the Belly Up Tavern in Solana Beach, California, on November 22nd. Get your tickets for this and all other Smodco shows at csmod.com. Red State DVD and Blu-ray available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert, smirch alert, motherfucker smirch alert. Go to smodcast.com slash smerchandise to get your official Jay and Silent Bob iPhone 4 cases from Casemate. Choose from three different snoogerific designs. We got soft ones and hard ones. Hey, I'm talking about the cases, bitch. All emblazoned with your favorite Smodco icons, Jay and Silent Bob. Snag your iPhone 4 case for $39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise yo Canada Jay and Silent Bob are gonna be royally mounting you December 7th in Vancouver December 8th Edmonton December 9th Calgary December 10th Saskatoon and December 11th Winnipeg their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your timbits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash get old in Canada. Hey, Eldborg, Iceland. On November 11th, Kevin Smith will be inside you. Kev is bringing his famous Q&A to Eldborg Main Hall, talking movies, comics, sex, taking a shit, whatever you want to ask about. Hilarity will ensue. Kevin Smith, live at the Eldborg Main Hall in Eldborg, Iceland, on November 11th. Links to tickets for this and all Smodco shows at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodgas.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, 
you'll get CD quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad free. It's like watching porn without having to fast forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. What's going on year 2011? Matt Cohen here from the future. Oh shit, you didn't expect that, did you? Why would you? You live in a time where time travel isn't uh, readily available yet, nor is inter-time dimensional communication, which is what's going on right now. They call it inter-time dimensional communication. You may think I, I'm not saying that right, but that's what they call it in the future. How would you know you live in the past? And I look, 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 we got off to a bad start. Why am I, hey, why is Matt Cohen talking to me from the future before I listen to a podcast in the present, which he's on also, and why? how does he sound the same? A, uh, this shit don't crack, you know what I mean? And B, I'm talking to you from the future because I'm your friend. I want to help you out. I've been your friend throughout the last foreseeable years. I know this because I'm in the future, and I know what happens. Uh, don't even ask me about television because I don't want to give out spoiler alerts, all right? And speaking of spoiler alerts, I don't want to tell you what happens with the world, but let me clue you in on something. All that money you guys are worried about, you know, oh no, Obamanomics and, and high income tax for the rich, and what, oh, what's going to happen with the stock exchange? None of it matters, because here's what happens. In about 20 years or so, and again, I don't want to spoil the exact date, because I want to keep it fun for you guys. Money goes out the window. Psh! It means nothing. We don't need it anymore. The gold it was based on gets melted down and turned into grills, and everyone wears grills now. But that that doesn't matter because everyone wears them in the world, so it's kind of devalued. I'll tell you what becomes our new system of bartering and economy in, in, in the bright, beautiful future. Comic books and comic book swag. And here's what I would do if I were you. If I had a time machine. See, I don't have a time machine. I just have... The ability to talk to people in the past through the means of uh, podcasting. But if I did have a time machine, I would go back to, I don't know, the year 2011, and I would head down to Golden Apple Comics. That's right, Golden Apple Comics, serving Hollywood for over 25 years, and the Hollywood area, of course. And you could find them online at goldenapplecomics.com on the internet, which which still existed, I believe, in 2011. I, again, no spoiler alerts, but enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, go to goldenapple.com and just hoard yourself on comic books and and comic book merchandise they got t-shirts they got action figures they got rare signed stuff they have crazy events where you can meet the creators get stuff signed and then hoard it because in about oh i don't know 30 to 40 or so years again no spoiler alerts you're going to want those comic books because then you're going to use them to trade for food for your family so they don't die of dysentery which is rampaging all over uh, the Western Hemisphere. Dysentery is like, oh, so annoying at this point with the dysentery. I wish I had more comic books so I could buy goods and medicine. If only in the year 2011 I'd gone to Golden Apple Comics and stocked me up, I would have been set. So folks, take a tip from the future. Head to Golden Apple Comics. Get some comic books. Get some t-shirts. Get some, some mini busts. Because all of those things in the future is what the world thrives on. And you're going to be in the future, huh? Exactly. That's a message from me, Sergeant at Arms, Matt Cohen. That's another whole story, but goldenapplecomics.com. Check them out. Save your future.
What? What? Say it again. Don't know this song. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Bagged and Boarded. I am Matt Cohen. We are here live at the illustrious Golden Apple Comics in Hollywood. How's everybody doing tonight? All right, now do your favorite impression of Nikola Tesla. It's a tough one. Who's a Tesla fan here? Anybody? I'm a Tesla fan. Hit me, man. Give me your Tesla impression. Okay, um, here it goes. You guys all lost, by the way. Okay, here it goes. Hmm. We shall give unprecedented free energy to the world by harnessing the powers of the earth itself. Now get to fucking work. And that's bagged and boarded, folks. Good night. Yes. <laughs> now, what's going on, folks? Uh, we're gonna, that was a bit of a tease who we're, who we're chatting with tonight, but, uh, look, I've achieved certain things in my life. I'm obviously here podcasting in a comic book store on a Wednesday night, which is really a big deal, as you all know. Um, I got two participatory medals in field day in elementary school. I would have had a second place in the potato sack race, but I threw it on purpose because and here was my rationale. I thought I could fall, get up, and still win and make, like, the most dramatic fucking field day entrance of all time at six years old. Didn't work out for me. Joe Choi beat me. I'll always remember that bastard. Um, there was another time the Harlem Globetrotters came to town, and, like, we had to draw a picture. And I drew a picture, and I won, and I got tickets to Harlem Globetrotters, and then I realized it wasn't real, and I hated basketball. So it was a horrible prize. But those, like, those are big achievements, right? That's, like, if people ask me what I've done with my life, it would be those two things, and I have a dog, I guess. Uh, the gentleman I have the pleasure of chatting with tonight is possibly the most versatile person I've had on this show. Uh, talking about achievements, dude has a Tony Award, folks. That's, that's A. Is that, that, that's correct? Yes. All right. You I'm can just, start with uh, that. I'm verifying. Uh, the gentleman has been in feature films. He's on a network television show right now. He's had a pum- comic book published. He's made his own films. He's done radio plays. He's done voice work. With that kind of intro, I don't think I have to say anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the bag and Mr. Dan Fogler. Oh. Crazy, right, man? <laughs> Thank you all for coming. That was your life. Did you, you forgot about half of that stuff, right? Flash before my yeah, eyes. Yeah. How are you, sir? Very excellent. Thank we, you for I, having me. Not bad. Thank you for finally joining. We met at uh, Anaheim Comic Con briefly, hmm. where I had mentioned that I was a fan of yours and that uh, our friend Mel was trying to hook us up, and you... Handed me your book, like the greatest comic book angel of all. Like, I didn't even know you, dude. Whoa. I didn't even know you, and you gave me your comic book. That's how much it meant to me. Well. And now look where we are. Yeah. And then we'll a, come so far. a week later, we'll be married in Vegas. So weird. It's kind of crazy, right? Uh, you're a New Yorker like I, man. You grew up in Brooklyn. Is that accurate? Yes. Now, I'm from Long Island, so I grew up in, in just forests and deer. It was like the beginning of Commando. I just fed deer every day. Did you have ticks growing I, up? I did. Tons of ticks. Deer, Lyme disease. Deer ticks. I, I was lucky to avoid it, but my step-uncle got it, and it got weird. No, one, talk, no one talked to him for a while. Nasty. It's kind of leprous. Nasty. But uh, you grew up in Brooklyn, which is, like, for a kid from Long Island, anyone from the city, it's a weird kind of... 
I, I could never fathom how a kid could grow up in that concrete jungle. No, right. you know what I mean? No fucking football, no frisbee, like it's subways and, right. and working girls, which is <laughs> a nice word for prostitutes in case anyone was in the parlance of our times. What was it like? What, what was it like growing up as a kid in Brooklyn, man? Well, I was in, it was suburban, you know, Bergen Beach style. It was, you know, Close to Rockaway, which is like the beach. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. And, uh, and. As so, the Ramones taught us. Yeah, and everyone had their own, like, you know, everyone shared, like, like, a, everyone, it was like houses, houses, like all the same houses, and everyone had a little patch of grass, and the same tree, and the same amount of backyard space, it was all, and then you'd have, like, some massive, like, mobster's house. And they had, like, 20 statues out front, exactly. always, right? And they never, you know, they never adhered to, like, the, the the building codes they just keep building up with like a massive like glass the other thing you, you'll notice if you're from new york is mobster houses when it snows always the first drive voice to get plowed for, for i guarantee it folks watch it oh, we were shooting the movie cop out in in uh in near rockaway actually and there was like this guy was building a house and there must have been a hundred thousand dollars worth of like concrete and cement and plaster just laying in the street with no one watching it and someone was like how does this not get stolen and they're like yeah, believe me, no one's gonna fucking steal that concrete, buddy. Otherwise, they'll be in the next shipment. Yeah, I, exactly. So you yeah. stay away. So you, but you grew up in more. So you had the best suburban chance you had growing up in Brooklyn, kind of, because your other option was. Yeah. Well, like, we were, yeah, no one would mess with the neighborhood because it was there was mobsters there. And you had a little grass. You had a tree. <laughs> yeah, everyone, you had the, you know, it was a. Uh, everyone had their own little patch of grass. You know, we played football in the street. It was just like they, it was the room football. It was just two feet tosses all the time. Oh, you know, you, you, <laughs> it was the whole, you know, car. And then <laughs> everyone would move out of the way, and then the car would come. You lost seven friends that way, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> right, they were actually, yeah. No, we shouldn't. That's a bad place to go with it. So you did have a good. So you did find a childhood in Brooklyn. Were you? Were you? I a geek? found it. Yeah, that's you the like first that? Chapter in my book, I found a childhood in Brooklyn. Can you please narrate it like that too when <laughs> yes. we do the book on tape, <laughs> the book on which tape. I'm not producing apparently because I said we. Uh, <laughs> growing up in Brooklyn, were you were you a geek? Were you into comic books? Were mm-hmm. you into movies? Was that your your? Yeah, absolutely. A little GI Joe figures and Star Wars, and and I collected all of them, and uh, I collected tons of comic books. I have like a, a storage place where I have boxes and boxes of comics and and then when i started doing moon lake uh i got or fanboys actually just immersed myself back into that whole world again i kind of like let it go before college and then afterward i was like selling stuff off you know like selling my x-man collection and just like goodbye becoming a man as it were yeah. and then realizing a year later that <laughs> men were fucking retarded and i need wolverine in my what life what was i doing and we'll, we'll get to yeah. uh, we'll get to all that in a minute but just be a quick segue to fanboys you like the research you had to do for fa- most actors some actors like they have to lose 70 pounds or, like, visit Auschwitz. You got to, like, become a geek and get paid for it to be in a movie. And I actually gained a little weight. For the role, though. For Hutch. That's how so we imagined. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was method. But we'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get to it later, dude. So, <laughs> so you grew up a geek. Did you also grow up a kind of a, the- a theater kid, as it were? Because some, I was surprised to find out that yeah. you had such a uh, illustrious career on Broadway and off-Broadway and all illustrious. that. Illustrious. I mean, dude, you want a Tony. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a theater guy. Yeah, but I think that's kind of good, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's that's good. like a pat on the back, I no, guess. No, it's right? major. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Did I, you have the theater bug growing up as a kid? Yeah. Were you acting in plays and stuff? Yeah, I was doing. Uh, I was doing school plays, and I went to like acting camp, and you know, I found out like uh, like early on, 
like I really couldn't do much else, you know. I was <laughs> like, I can entertain people, uh, or I can like make little sculptures on the side of the road for people. And your parents were like, the entertaining is a little less creepy. Yeah, I guess. Well, so, and, yeah. and it's like, and dude, just my producer, <laughs> <Is that> creepy. <laughs> my producer Wikipedia said your mom. You're like, you come from a typical Jewish house. Your mom was a teacher. Your dad was a surgeon. And then you were like, I want to paint figures on the side of the road. <laughs> Go into acting, you know what? Well, no, I'm saying, like, I'm so right-brained. Like, that's how, that's the only thing I was able to really, uh, excel out. You know, I, I couldn't do math. And I, I mean, I, I, what I would do is I'd get like a chemistry test and I'd have like a Ferris Bueller kind of relationships with the teacher. <laughs> you know, you would suddenly... and then I'd draw like some, re- I was like, listen, I don't know what the hell's going on in this pop quiz, but. I'm going to draw you like a really cool dragon on you'd the back, you know? You'd always be breaking the fourth wall during class, except you'd be talking to, like, that weird kid who's like, he always stares at me and pretends I'm an audience and says, like, weird quips. <laughs> yeah, it's what odd. is he doing? Imagine if there was always a dude, like, to the left of Ferris when he turned. Yeah. And he was just like, stop looking at me. That's, that was Cameron. That was Cameron. Cameron's invisible invisible twin. When Cameron was in Egypt's land. <laughs> <laughs> Let so, my Cameron go. You're not even gonna beautiful. join me on that. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna. I want to let I, I, my voice is raspy, dude. You're a Tony winner, so I'm gonna. You ever heard of Tom Waits, man? I have. Jersey. I can't even. I'm the single singer. There was a waitress and a plate full of sausages, right? Yeah, totally. That's every Tom Waits song. Every yeah. time. Very sad man with a truck broke down. His socks are lost in his dirty town. Purple Cadillac and a Sasquatch frown. And I love everyone we set to fucking uh, Jersey Girl, which it should be. Yeah. Uh, it's middle school, high school, you're doing plays. When did you decide this was it? This was going to be your career? Right. <laughs> you wanted to be an actor. Yeah, I went to a- uh, college acting school. That I was, was like, the decider, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this. And uh went to BU, and that was like a hardcore like conservatory program. And they, you, had, you started with like 50 kids, cut that sucker in half by sophomore year to 25. It's like Save the Last Dance. Is there? Julia Stiles. I just remember being very competitive in that school. I was so Everyone was like all Julia mad at each Stiles. other. You I were, was just like her. Before she was her, man. You were the originator. <laughs> the so, uh, you went to, you went to college for acting and it was like a hardcore drama conservatory, as it were, right? Yeah. Yeah. They did the whole shebang. Chekhov and Shakespeare and wearing tights. How was that? Did you ever, was that what you wanted to do? As a kid, did you imagine yourself in fucking Chekhov and Ibsen and stuff? <laughs> I imagined myself making, entertaining people, you know, and, and making people laugh. So not doing Chekhov and Ibsen and stuff. <laughs> well, no, I mean, at an early age, I was like, yeah, I fell in love with it. I watched, uh, Hab- uh you know, Hamlet. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of Gibson right now, but when I was in high school, I saw his Hamlet, and I was like, wow, the guy from Lethal Weapon's doing Hamlet. You know, I was like, that's awesome. If only Danny Glover made his Tempest, the world would have <laughs> right, truly, exactly. truly seen the better in that duo. I'm getting too old for this Tempest. <laughs> <laughs> that was the titular line, yeah? Hey, you, I think you were involved with it. But <laughs> so, so you went to college, and you realized, that, you realized this was your thing. How did you transition from dude in BU up in Boston, going to school like every other million drama students in the country, to getting on Broadway and, and starring oh, yeah. in, in Putnam County Spelling Bee? 
yeah. which is where you won, you won your uh, award, man. How did that happen? Wow. So I got out of college, and then, I mean, it wasn't, there were years of, like, running around with the backstage magazine under my arm and, like, sending my headshot out and not having representation and my eye, like, twitching and my mom just being all, when are you going to get out of the house? And, you know, like, what are you going to get the a gig? T- the eye twitching might have been a reason that the gig didn't come through so quickly. <laughs> right. but You know, it's like there was a lot of stress. Uh, I'm trying, sure, yeah. yeah. And you're beating the streets and you're going out and it's like you against the world. And so I did stand-up comedy. Uh, I found every single venue I could possibly find. I did... I did check off and mammoth and little sweaty like black box off off Broadway theaters and my friends and and then we started making stuff and that's uh that's how the whole spelling bee thing happened where we'd be like, All right, let's all get together, two weeks, pick a subject, everyone improvise characters, we create a show around it. So you guys created that show. You and your buddies? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. My fucking pr- producer Wikipedia failed me again. We gotta have a talk. That's yeah. amazing, dude. So I, you guys, so just you and your theater troupe kind of came up with the show. Yeah, it was well, it was an amalgamation of. Uh, That's them on. calling right now, so they didn't know you don't. They want, yeah, they want credit. Sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better say my goddamn name. No. <laughs> <laughs> was Ving Rhames in your theater troupe? Yeah. Yeah. The night Get of my the legs. Now that oh. the show, you're gonna feel a slight sting. <laughs> That's pride fucking with your ass. That's you drama. Fuck, yeah. mention my name, motherfucker. No, uh, <laughs> sorry. No worries, dude. Um, Please, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was like eight years of doing that, you know, before we, we picked a winner. Uh, and that was. Uh, and you guys would launch them off Broadway, off, off Broadway. You would pick a show. Yeah, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd try a show out and, and, uh, this one had legs and we did it off Broadway like twice. Uh, and then, um, Wendy Wasserstein saw it. She's a, Huge playwright. Bill Finn was her good friend. I mean, it was just all friends working together. And then, uh, the rest is history. Like, they were like, this can be. I don't know what no one. I don't is know that your Wendy? Is Wendy no, Wasser's kids? Is it Wendy Wasser's or Bill Finn? Who knows? No, yeah. it was actually Bill Finn, which is very funny. <laughs> is Terrence Finn here? So he'll appreciate this one. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, Bill Finn is a very funny, quirky man, and he, he made it into a musical. And, um, you know, and then yeah, I mean that I, I want we were it was so relatively quick. The journey went off Broadway, Broadway was on Broadway for a year. First time on Broadway and I and I won a Tony and that was like H- how old are you at this point? I'm thirty Schnumagaggle. No, not right now, when you won the Tony. Oh, uh <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to out you. I knew you were thirty Schmagoggles. I'm a good guesser, but <laughs> I'm like a circus carnival guy. Yeah. How old were you? How old were you when you won the Tony, man? When you're on Broadway for the first time? Oh, um, I was. I think I was 27. That's got to be kind of insane, right? Yeah. I mean, your first your first show out, you win the Tony. You guys are on Broadway. It's a huge success. Suddenly they're like, "Hey, want to be in a movie?" Yeah. And is that how that is that how exactly how that happened? The the first movie offer started coming in. Yeah. For um, off Broadway. It's funny. Off Broadway, it was television. And then as soon as we got on Broadway, actually it was uh, it was First pre reason. pre it was pre it was nomination television offers, win movie offers. So you just threw the television offers in, and in we the- put it to the side. Yeah. You know, we were like we. Fuck! You know, we're, we're get to go ahead. You what know? was the first movie job you took after after the Tony one? Because <laughs> I've got your IMDb right here. Uh, but I don't know first the- one I did was Fanboys. Was it really? Yeah, that yeah. was the first film you were ever in. No. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I did, I was doing so. I was doing something. 
Thank well, you. I got I got I was doing something. On I, my did, list, I was in school, I've seen for school for scoundrels. Yeah, that was the first time I was like on a big like set set. Holy and that's crap. the Todd Phillips. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. That was a big movie. Yeah. Um, and that was and what you play, you played one of the the kids in the school in that. No, I play like uh, a jerk um, meter maid, one of the like one of the fellow meter maids, and like is always like bullying him. And but who was in your scene? Like, it was it. Uh, it was me and uh, and uh, uh, heater. That's got to be kind of cool, right? Yeah. Him coming off like Napoleon Dynamite. All of a sudden, yeah. it's your first movie, and you're like trading chops back and forth. My first day on the job. I had, I had John Heater over my shoulder in a harness that was clipped to the ceiling, and I was smashing his head into a rubber toilet. And you were just like, dude, cherish this now, because it'll all be gone in a year. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, well. No, I'm just, no, I mean, mean. That, well, you may be right about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, then, no, I, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, it's going to be this for the rest of my life. Like I've, I've made it, Ma. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You left winning a Tony to, to slamming Napoleon Dynamite's head into the ground. Exactly. You know, the I was glory like, of film business, right? Uh, exactly. I was like, you know, fuck it, let's dive in face first. If only Cecil B. DeMille could see us now. So then, fanboys happen. Now, were you you were a Star Wars fan growing up? I kind of assumed, dude. Yeah, I would go to Grandma's on Saturday, and she'd have the the toys and the figures and. I had the three-layer Death Star and the Ad-Ad and all that stuff. That's awesome. So Falcon. When when you got approached with fanboys. Yoda's lair. Oh, you're going to keep, keep going, dude. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, when you got approached with fanboys, it must have been kind of a dream, right? Because here you are, your, your yeah. second movie in now. It's a, it's a big role. You're playing the Han Solo part for all intents and purposes. Yeah, Han Solo slash Chewbacca. You're in the pilot seat. No, you're not Chewy, dude. Well, Come on. All um, right, we'll... we'll some, we'll give some, a little bit of both. Some of those shirtless scenes were I mean, questionable. We're, we're Jewbacca. We can't help it. You throw me in that movie. It's the same fucking thing. It's our curse and our gift, folks. Yes. Um, <laughs> but so research wise, were, were you like, had you watched the flicks in years? Were you, what were, I mean, cause this is post Phantom Menace too, right? So there right. had to have been, there had to have been a bit of, it is a period piece. A movie takes place yeah. in 1998, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much research did you really do? To get into to get into the headset. Well, no, I mean it was like perfect. It was just a time of innocence, basically. It was like we are paying you to forget the last ten years of your life, you know. It's like and just live, um, like really, you know, turn up the knob on your college days, and uh, and then just as as you know, imagine you instead of putting all your comics away in storage. When you were uh, 18, you just kept on Yeah, which would be to- totally weird if you had a closet full of comics that you weren't able to fit clothing into. I just did an awkward stare at the audience for those listening because I was talking about myself. Uh, yeah, but no, but, <laughs> but here you are in a movie, dude. You've got Lando Calrissian, Carrie, I mean, giant stars, Seth Rogen, and this is, this is your biggest part, and it's a fucking fun Star Wars flick. Yeah. At that point, were you like, I've made it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a movie guy now. This is no, no, no. I think when you're a household name, I and mean, that's when you're kind of like, when you, when I mean, I can. It's getting hard to walk down the street with the show, but uh, which we'll get to. Yeah, I mean, dude, 7.8 million people watched the first episode. Yeah, that's yeah. like Micronesia, and I'm gonna say like Greece. I don't think there are that many people there. That's like some big countries combined, not just Micronesia, which I feel bad for always as my shitty country reference. 
There's Tuvalu <laughs> and Vanuatu. There's other shitty countries I could they, mention. Micronesia. These all sound like, like Tatooine places. I mean, they're kind of close. They kind of look like them, too. If you we see. have to go to Micronesia. Come on, Uncle Owen. <laughs> they've, got va- they've got good vapor condensers there. These ones always fucking break on us. Bastards. Um, oh, sheltered. <laughs> so here you are in Fanboys, though, dude. You, I mean, you're at Lucas Ranch. Was that really Lucas Ranch? You guys they actually- faked it. Uh, they faked it for the movie. Um, Bastards. I- those sons of bitches. George Lucas didn't want a film crew in his living room. I don't want those people in my house. No, no, no. no. It's- <laughs> Please, dude, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sure he used other words than those people. Actually, actually, what happened was... We shot the movie and we used another place that looked like it. And then he saw the movie. And he was like, "This is awesome." You got the Lucas, and then thumbs he got up. the thumbs up. And then he let us shoot exteriors at the ranch, which I'm sure. I mean, without so you guys shot the flick without the thumbs up. Yeah, that's pretty fucking ballsy. It you know? is ballsy. Yeah, because yeah. if he do- if he wants that to go away, right. fucking some stormtroopers show up at your door one exactly, night. Exactly. Yeah, they throw you in a black bag and you're never <laughs> you're at the bottom of a starlack pit yeah. somewhere <laughs> in fucking Hoboken. You Frozen know what I mean? Carbonite. Yeah. 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 George Lucas has Sarlacc pits strategically located around the country, folks. It's common knowledge. Have you ever been to the ranch? Because he's got Sarlacc pits there. I, see, I've never been, but I, you know, he's got Yoda Lake, which I've always wanted to yeah. fit. I've, I wanted to That's fish in. Just like Dagobah. Just like Dagobah, right? And then, like, his Ewoks, Ewoks running. running. I've heard, I've heard. There's hordes but, of them. But not really Ewoks. It's like small people in costumes, which is a little questionable, but you're there. There's the lake. You're like, I in don't the know mood. what you heard. Oh, those are actual Ewoks? Yeah, dude. Oh, okay. I saw them striking one day. Unfair practices. Those are really Ewoks. Those, oh, okay. So I got to get over to the ranch, man. Hook me up with an invite. Have yeah. you been to the ranch? Yes, I have. After the flick. And, and did you guys show it to Lucas over there? Uh, We watched it there. I went to. I actually went to... Uh, uh, Seth Green had his wedding there. So did Kevin Smith. That's fucking awesome. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went to that and it was like. So you geeks, that means have your weddings at Skywalker Ranch apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you gotta go. Yeah. That's awesome. It so, was yeah. like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I've heard he has merch set up at the weddings. Is that true? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. It is. Uh, thank you. All right. That's not an indictment on George Lucas, folks. If you want to see an indictment by people versus George Lucas, which I'm in out right now on DVD. No. Uh, he's actually got merch. He's got merch set up at the wedding. That's awesome. Like, you can buy a lightsaber at your friend's wedding and stuff. Yeah, dude. I got. I walked away with so much swag. And it, what's great is all proceeds go to George Lucas. So it's a worthy, <laughs> yeah. it's a worthy cause. So he can make a $300 million Tuskegee Airmen movie. Which is what the world really, really needed, folks. We'll get into that in another episode. You never know. Yeah, I you, mean, it could the world be cool. may need that. It could be cool. You're right. Uh, so fanboys happened, and, and that <laughs> that was the first time I think uh, geeks really took notice of you, dude. I mean, that was a giant movie for a lot of people. You, right, you yeah, were yeah. you were the coolest part in it. You know what I mean? Thanks. Um, how quickly did the other offers start pouring in after that? Uh, I mean, there was like a lot of offers lined up. You know. Uh, uh, Balls of Fury was the next thing. And that was a giant... Okay, so let's get into Balls of Fury. So your your next right. thing after Fanboys, you're in an ensemble flick about Star Wars with mostly kids, and you got some cool cameos. You then go into Star in a film where you're opposite Christopher Walken yeah. as your villain, and you're the so lead of a giant yeah, movie. You, if, if you can imagine, I just won the award. Suddenly, the freaking floodgates of Hollywood are open. They're just like, whatever you want! So I just thought, you, you want to be in a shimmery jacket playing ping pong with walking? I'm like, yes! <laughs> I was like, just yes to That everything. was the pitch right there, yeah, right? Dude, yeah. that's, that's all they had that's to say. That's all you would need to fucking, I, I wouldn't even I need spent, the jacket. Yeah, dude. 
I ping pong with walking. <laughs> I, spe- <laughs> I didn't even hear the ping pong part. No. <laughs> Shiny <laughs> jacket, Christopher Walken, questionable. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, yeah, no, that was wonderful. Probably one of the coolest things I've ever done um, just because of walking. And it's just, it's just part. Sid Thomas Lennon and Ben Garant, they wrote, and Thomas Lennon's in the flick, and there's like Terry Crews, and it's a, there's a lot of cool people oh, yeah. involved, dude, and it's like a giant, you're starring role. Yeah, I fucking... used to watch The State, you know, and it's all my, like, like, oh my god, these guys who are Kerry Kinney, rivals yeah. of, of SNL who are doing it, keep coming back with awesome shows, bam, one after the other, Reno 911, and, and then I was like, I am in good hands here, you know, and, so that was that was a really fun, solid comedic crew. Absolutely, dude. What was walking like? I mean, sec, sec, second flick, second flick in. You go from Christi- Kristen Bell to Christopher Walken. How's the transition on that one? <laughs> Kristen Bell, Christopher Walken. That's the name of your book, by the way. <laughs> right, right, First right. chapter, I grew uh, right. Child in Brooklyn. From Kristen Bell to Christopher Walken. Uh, fuck, man. Yeah, that was he was. He was my idol, you know. I mean, he's is my idol. He, uh, I, uh, or one of them. Uh, it was like it was so surreal. I have, I mean, there's a million stories about him. Uh, the first time, the first time I met him, he was trying on his wig. The giant Fu Manchu, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula-ish, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So he's in like he's in like you know Adidas like. You know, jumpsuit or whatever, totally comfortable sneakers. And then on the top, he's got this swooping, you know, bouffant Ming the Merciless hair with a giant braid and like a spike at the end of it. You know, and he's it's like, Bib Fortuna. Yeah. So yeah. I walk up to him and I, um, and they introduce me and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. and he's like, you know, this isn't my real hair. That's amazing. And I, I go, I go, I go, I, I go, I know, I know. And then it was so awkward that I was like, this isn't my real hair either. And, and, and it, yeah. it was, but my hair was like out the freaking hair. It was like, it was like an afro, you know, from the seventies, my hair. And with like the chops. And he goes, no way. And he goes, to, <laughs> and he goes to reach. So my first meeting with Chris Walker, he's like pulling on my head. I'm like, no, wait a minute. And then, and then I was like, wait, no, no, wait. It's real. It's real. He's like, amazing, whoa, dude. what are you doing? That's amazing. I, I like, I, I'm doing, I produce, uh, Jay Moore's podcast right now, and every oh, Walken yeah. story seems to set, the first time he met Walken, they were on the set of, uh, um, and I'm telling a Jay Moore's story here, but it's real quick, so it'll be, uh, he's, they're on the set of that movie, Stupid Guy Kings, and someone's like chucking right. a rock at a pigeon, and Walken just shoves his hand out, and he goes, no! It could have children! <laughs> like, I think Christopher Walken is either fucking with everyone, or the most genuinely cool, like, compassionate human being on the planet like don't judge me for my yeah. weird wig don't hurt that pigeon he's misunderstood right i mean yeah. he's at a he's at a point where it's just a big love he's bug. like a he's like um he's got a lot of wisdom to share you know he does um he said some amazing you know teacher-esque you know shaman quality things to me on that set um that were he he, he said to me he goes you know dan I watched the Discovery Channel quite a bit. And did you know that a black hole has a very distinct sound? It goes wah, 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 wah. And then, and, you know, then when we were born, we made that very exact sound only 15 octaves higher. Wah, 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 wah. 
And then like he'll say that, he'll drop that on you, and then he'll like walk away, and you're just like, oh my god. Is he fucking with you? Do you think, or is? I think it's a little bit of. He knows he's fucking with you. He knows he's Christopher Walken. He, he knows, knows he's, he's walking, Christopher Walken. Yeah. He knows that everybody in the grandma does an impression of him. And he wants know? to give good fodder for their shitty comedian for every single comedian, I guess. <laughs> he's like, right? yeah. You know, I don't want everyone running around going cowbell all the time. <laughs> so I give them a black hole story every now yeah. and again. Yeah. Drop a little wisdom for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> now, from, from, uh, dude, now what, you've been in so many other flicks since then. I mean, you've worked with like Ang Lee on talking, taking Woodstock. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's gotta be pretty awesome. That's another, another I have the greatest piece. Ang Lee Nick Nolte story I would ever. Love one. I, it might not top mine, but we'll, we'll see. The greatest. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the greatest. Right, go for it. Okay. So <laughs> this is, imagine uh, Ang Lee is telling me this story. Okay. He goes, <laughs> that's him imagining Ang Lee talking. Yeah. I'm, he goes, <laughs> Dan, when I went to Nick Nolte's house to describe the movie to him, he didn't know what the movie was about. So when I got there, I opened the door, and he was standing there, and it was like a cave, like a bear lived there. <laughs> and, bef- and I had the script under my, sh- under my arm. And before I could say anything about the movie... Nick Nolte grabs my arm and says, Come with me! And he pulls me, now this is, pulls this is, me into the cave. Yes. Now this is Angley doing a Nick Nolte impression. Yeah, That's, which has to be the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. So he pulls me, so he pulls me through his house and he said, and he opens up a, a, a giant wall. He pulls back a wall and from head to toe, it's medicine, pills. And Nolte says, I've been experimenting on myself. <laughs> and before I can say anything, he pulls me into another room and he tells me to look into a microscope. And I look into the microscope and I see these cells eating each other. And Nolte turns to me and says, That's my blood. I've- and then he goes, um, What's the part? <laughs> And all I did was put the script out and I backed out of the place and I said, the part is yours! <laughs> Dude, the best part about that story is I met, someone might back me up, I believe it was Taylor Negron, someone on this very podcast told a story about going to Nick Nolte's house yeah. and seeing an electron microscope with blood samples under it. Yeah. He takes people's blood and then shows it to them when they come over his house. Yes. So that's 100% true and fucking amazing that Angley was like scared like a scared little boy, like, please take script and leave. Like, just <laughs> ran backwards, you know what I mean? Through the bear cave. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. If you dude. ever have Jay Baruchel on the show, he has many stories about Nick Nolte. I'm sure, oh, dude, I would love to have Nick. Let's skip to the fucking source and get Nolte. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, take Me Home Tonight. Yeah. It was another, another period flick, right? Yeah. You love the period movies, dude. Hey. What? It's not do. a bad thing, yeah. No. It's flexing your range. I grew up in the yeah, 80s, man. That's what I mean, I grew dude. up in the 80s. It's well, like paying homage to What my, was that like revisiting? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. You know, it was, uh, it was like I was able to be of partying age in the most party, party-fied decade uh, of recent years. Yeah, I they basically... I did, you think about it like that. They basically recreate a badass party for you and let you guys chill almost without yeah. real booze kind of and stuff, right? Yeah, it was, it was one of the most fun... Movies I've ever worked on because it was a 
24 hour party. Like a Days and Confused type. Yeah, absolutely. In that same vein of just a giant party movie. Yeah. Never stops. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that had to have been, you've, you've had luck, man, with the flicks you've done. Having a good time. I don't definitely. see many black and white war movies in there. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'd love to do that. Would you? Well, that's the thing. You've done mostly comedies. I know. Now, I, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but you, uh, you also, you grew up a giant horror buff, right? Like Hitchcock, I, I, I've heard, is one of your biggest influences, or? That's, yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting. I, 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 there was a movie called The Number 13. The, I'm, I'm just the a Jim fa- Carrey, th- was that Jim Carrey or, uh, John Cusack? No, this is, a uh, Number 13? That's no, a, this is another thing. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> another thing called The Number 13. Oh, right on. Which is, which is, you know, just a script that was floating around there. Oh, okay, that yeah, yeah. Yet to be made that was about young Hitchcock. About Hitchcock. It's like Hitchcock in love, like Shakespeare in love. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to make that movie. Uh, and we, we've been talking about it for a long time, and that's the, just the nature of the game. It takes forever to make these things, and uh, you know, these, these art house movies. It's an art house, mo- you know, movie. So, uh, that movie, I was like, well, shit, uh, in preparation for that movie, I have to, I gotta direct something. I gotta direct some, you know, my homage to Psycho. So I, I, I did my version of like my acid soaked version of Psycho. <laughs> which Dude, that's the other thing I love about you. Psycho. Everything you've done on your own from the comic books we're gonna talk about to, to your flick, it's <laughs> yeah. always described as something on acid. Yeah. I'm imagining there was some acid at play at some point in yeah. your life, which I guess for another show entirely. <laughs> but right on, man. I'm more of the uh, organic. Uh, right on. Yeah, yeah. I guess acid's kind of organic. No, it's not at all. Not That's at just all. something hippies tell ourselves so we can excuse it when we do it. <laughs> it's from the earth. I mean, no, it's fucking in a science lab. What am I talking about? It's also a good, just descriptive thing. It's like when you say something's on, something acid, on acid, you're just like, yeah. oh, fuck, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> crazy and it just allows whatever yeah it's the greatest all-encompassing excuse of all time exactly you're like oh it's like on acid because some people's acid trip is just like you fucking see a squirrel pop there and he talks politics and that's not very exciting so i just look at the book and it breathes for a while and it's I just like being on acid start sweating depending and nervous. on your trip yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's not so, but you shot a you shot a flick uh <laughs> You shot a play called Hysterical Psycho, which was your version, uh, your homage to a, to a Hitchcock film, right? Yeah, uh, many basically Hitchcock. It was black and white. It was, but it also turned out to be like a, um, uh, an, like an Army of Darkness kind of thing. It also became a Rocky Horror kind of feel. It was, it, it was an amalgamation of all these different things that I loved, and I just put it into one movie. And the cast was mostly buddies of yours from your acting troupe and stuff like that? From my theater company, yeah. And, and Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so dude, Christopher Walken, Gilbert Godfrey, you're hitting the list of all the impressions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just got to, you know what I mean? Work with Schwarzenegger, and it's a wrap. You can get a show in Vegas <laughs> just telling stories from backstage and shit. He's coming back. You're the new Danny Gans, rest in peace. Actually, there's a thing... Uh, if you like doing the Schwarzenegger impression, there's something I'm trying to get out there, and it's 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 this. Like if you get a one up on somebody, you have to go, "Bam! You've been fathered." <laughs> okay, I just fathered you. And I'm trying to get that. We'll get going. that into the comments. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get Sasquatch a couple of years ago. Sasquatch? Think about it. Sasquatch crotch. Right, folks? Nasty. I didn't hear it that much, though. I've been waiting. Like, I've been waiting to hear it on Street Corners and MSNB. When I see, when I hear Anderson Cooper say that on his new Daily Show, then I w- the world will have won, folks. Um, 
You guys don't watch Anderson. <laughs> you guys don't like Anderson Cooper. But going back to Hysterical Psycho. Yeah. You shot a bunch. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what we focused on. <laughs> uh, Gilbert Godfrey, uh, Lennon Parham, who's been on a bunch of TV shows. She's yeah. a super funny actress I knew from UCB. Yeah. If you guys watch. Love her. And you she was one of the original uh, Spelling Bee people. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. you screened the film at, at different festivals and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Uh, we won uh, some uh, awards with the sucker. It was a was at Tribeca. It's been at tons of horror festivals. It's going to be on Netflix. So there we go, right there. So yeah. it is going to be available for everyone to watch because the trailer is online right now. Yeah, and it's fucking amazing, dude. Thanks. If, for folks, everyone, stop listening to the podcast. Right? I mean, maybe not. Maybe wait till the end because yeah, it's probably. a really good episode. Yeah, you know what I mean? End. You're captivated. At but least until I talk about Moonlight. Totally. But when you're done listening to him talk about Moonlight, check out the trailer for Historical Psycho online. It's um. It's like a quick cut, uh, quick shot horror trailer that kind of turns into a sc- comedy sketch like 30 seconds in and just becomes the most brilliant piece of art in itself. Like, I, you know what I mean? Separate from the movie, dude. Thanks. That's fuck. I had so much fun watching that thing. Yeah, it's, it turned out really great. It's a yeah. real smart trailer. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. So that flick's available on Netflix. And then, uh, well, in that flick, um, I was like, well, you know, that's basically, if I can do Hitchcock on acid, why couldn't I do Hitchcock Presents on acid? And that's what, that's, that's what happened, how, what that's happened Moon with Lake. Moon Lake. Yeah, All right. So we created our own little, you know. You got an anthology Twilight, comic book, Twilight dude. Zone yeah, on absolutely. THC, you know. So how did that first happen? First up, Arkea put the book out, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a gorgeous hardcover. Like, dude, one of the better looking comic books I've ever seen. Nice. I don't know if people are, but like, quality wise, like the actual, I'm, t- for a comic book fan, guys, check out this trade. It's a little bit, it's a little bit sized differently. Like the cover is, fu- it's textured. Go- it's a fucking gorgeous, gorgeous book, dude. Yeah, it's tangibly. It kind of feels like it's, it's something from out of the seventies. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's cool. It's fun to hold, even. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, dude? yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Something that you, that you snuck off the shelf. When you were a kid. When you weren't supposed to be reading, yeah, like some Corbin's yeah, yeah. thing or some weird, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily, once you open the book, it's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's... It's, uh, a, it's a horror anthology yeah. that you came up with, and it's um your, your kind of crypt keeper, or Rod Serling, as it were, is the man on the moon. Right. He's, you know, he's the, uh, he's the uh, obese Hitchcockian man on the moon who is totally... Uh, uh, Addicted to to moon cheese, which he eats from the inside of the moon. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and he and he looks down on Moon Lake, and he regales the many tales from the haunted region. Well, that's the thing. The concept is that there's this place, Moon Lake, that for as long as it's existed, it's and you go way, way back. It's yeah, oh, the beginning it's, of time. It's, it's intertwined with our own, uh, you know. Speech. It's always been. Uh, I'm just reaching for my buddy here now. Yeah, no words. Matt Cruz with the hookup. Uh, it's, so it's going back, and it's this kind of ominous, uh, all omnipotent narrator from the moon hanging out with his alien buddies who he always manages to fucking kill. Yeah, they. Um, there's a there's a, a you know aliens living on the moon, the Greys, who we're all familiar with, and um, yeah, they. What happens is when the Greys uh, reach a certain age, uh, they get they start to break down. You know, their their molecules start to break down, and uh, and then they get simulated assimilated back into the food chain so the greys eat their own dead essentially and it's kind of like the matrix in that in they're like feeding their own dead to the to the pods so basically uh, he siphons off the aliens and hangs out with them for company and then waits till they disintegrate <laughs> and then he fucking eats them <laughs> what a nice fucking fella yeah. uh 
How did you meet now? It's, there's like how many, uh, one, two, three, four, there's like 10 different stories in here. How did you, uh, find all the different yeah. writers and artists? Did people submit stuff to you? Arkea, Arkea set everything up, uh, for us. I trusted Arkea. Very classy. They, they showed me all the different artists. Um, actually, it, it, one of the very first stories was, uh, Desensitized Deidre, and I thought of that with, uh, R.H. Davis. Uh, she yeah. was a, Which is, which for those who, uh, I mean, everyone should definitely check out the book, but that's the story about the cheerleader, right? Yeah. Who, and this book came out pre-Sucker Punch, I believe, right? I yeah. think Snyder owes you money and or a part in Sucker Punch 2, Cockshot, which is totally, <laughs> totally going to be the name of that fucking movie. But no, it's about this cheerleader who has like, and that's one of, I mean, all the stories are cool, but that, yeah. it's, it, uh, it's about this cheerleader who has a really bad day, kind of. The worst day of her life. She gets, <laughs> it's an understatement. She, yeah, everyone dies in her family. Yeah. She doesn't get into it's her college. Twisted, her boyfriend yeah. is like fucking a goat. Like she, she has which a, got censored, right? Yeah, and that someone was telling censored. me that panel. Now, if you read the, in that story, there's a censored panel. Now, Mel before was telling me there actually was artwork for that panel, and yeah. they really did censor it. Yeah, they did. Was it a goat butt fucking a dude? It was. Uh, Congratulations. That's amazing. It was like a skull and bones kind of ceremony with all these frat guys. <laughs> <laughs> there was it's actually a sandwich. There was a guy, <laughs> a guy on his knees. Well, that's of course they can't in allow like a, a guillotine, and or not a guillotine, but like what are they? Like the old the stockade, the stockade, uh... and then uh, and then the goat is fucking him, and then there's like another guy behind fucking the, goat, the goat, fucking the goat, and then I don't know why they censored it. Was it at least con- it was consensual? Like you even say the word consensual, I believe. I Someone, you say the word consensual. Their biggest issue was that <laughs> yeah. it looked like the goat wasn't enjoying himself. Oh, that's, you should have had him smoking a cigarette after. All oh, would have been man. saved. <laughs> what the hell? All would have been saved. Those bastards. So, but, so they placed you. They they kind of you said you came to RK and said I got a concept for this anthology book. Um, it's kind of based off this this film i made and this whole kind yeah, of ideal based off the whole universe of the film yeah. uh and they started play going okay we got an art we got this writer who can do this and that artist who can do that yeah dude okay i mean um now do you want to give any particular specific shout outs out of out of uh sure i mean i mean we can go through the whole i mean there's camp sasquatch let's go let's give them a little teaser for each story sure. man how about that as the man in the moon uh first camp sasquatch written by tim Seeley. What an awesome dude. And illustrated by Robbie Rodriguez and Mark Englert. They're awesome. <laughs> and, and, and they've done stuff like hack and slash. No, they did that, yes. And camp, uh, and the little comment in my mini review is Camp Sasquatch is kind of so hard to describe. There's a lot of Mr. Belvedere references, which made me. <laughs> Which made me very happy. Yeah. Very it happy. Takes Streaks on the China. Uh, <laughs> there, it's about yeah. like a big, it's about like a, there's two Bigfoots and one of them is good and one of them is not good. Yes. Let's just put it that way. And it, one of them is an evil Bigfoot. It's an evil Bigfoot that again has a fetish for the backside. A lot of that going on in this book now that I, I think about so. it. I guess so. Yeah. Why not? I just put some of the ideas I just put out there <laughs> and the artist ran with it. Right on. And then after that we've got a, <laughs> We've got uh, Black, Blair, Black Bear Blues, which I can't pronounce because yeah. I have a list. Black Bear Blues. That is, uh, uh, yes, it's it's written by Steph Hutchinson. It's, it's kind of based on um, the Grizzly Man story. And, and here's the Loosely. thing. I, I'm a big fan of Grizzly Man, so I was like, all right, they're, they're doing a Timothy Treadwell thing. That's awesome. My biggest upset thing that i'm upset with this entire book is that there is not an ongoing werebear series right now yeah i, I have a t i'm so happy i got a t-shirt yeah. here of the werebear 
The Werebear's fucking amazing, dude. You love it, don't that you? That splash page is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a Timothy Treadwell. It's a short. It's like Timothy Treadwell's last video, as it were. Except it's not a bear that attacks him. It's a fucking werebear. It's a werebear. And then you just leave it out there that there are werebears, and you make me move on with my life, and I can't. I we can't, just, man. We just give you. I a need taste. more werebears. That's man. how it works, man. We give uh, you. We give you a taste. Damn man. it! And then you come back later for more. <laughs> I'm fucking hooked, yo. I got this T-shirt. It will tide me over until the next installment. And then next While you're up, in the works. Is it really? Well, that's the thing too. I mean, it's it's. And that's when we get you hooked. <laughs> And that's when I'm tr- that's, that's when you're hooked. Uh, look at I mean, dude, for, uh, pe- <laughs> people in the audience, just look at this page. Like, that's a werebear if I ever fucking saw one, right? That is a werebear. Uh, <laughs> we're thinking, you know, we're putting together a whole were world, you know. Just you wait. That's, we're gonna blow the freaking doors off. Also, uh, <laughs> uh, on iTunes, we did a radio play. That's that's what someone was telling me before. You got together with, with is it the same, same theater group? That you've and, always been with, and you guys yeah, did a radio play. We every... read through the book. I, I read the narrator and many of the different parts, and and so did they. And it's it's kind of like SNL did it. You know, it's it's hysterical. And that's available on iTunes right that's now. Available I gotta on go, iTunes I'm right now. Go home and listen. And there's a song um, that's actually from Camp Sasquatch, made specifically for Camp Sasquatch, called Fuck Week. Nice. Because, yeah, Fuck Week is written into the book, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering how the tune would go. I was guessing my own. It's really good. I kind of went REO Speedwagon with it, but I might be wrong. I'll have to find it's out on iTunes. It's kind of like a Fat Albert, like a... Fuck Week! On iTunes, folks, right now. Uh, and then we got his final escape by... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's our, like... Uh, Homage to Houdini. I love Houdini. Uh, that's uh, uh, Nick Taplansky and Alex Ekman-Lawn, um, who did the Awakening uh, zombie. No, yeah, yeah. And, totally. yeah. and, finance, and it's a basically, yeah, it's a Houdini guy who, who has the world's longest escape act. Yeah. He, he, but he gets there in the end. Yeah, he yeah. wants to debunk uh, Moon Lake. He, he thinks it's a bunch of charlatans trying to rip people off. He's like, I'm going to prove them wrong. And he does the classic... Uh, you know, straight jacket, jump into the lake, and then he's trapped there for many, many years. But he gets yeah. <laughs> See, you're hooked right now, folks. But that's the thing, cool. A lot of these stories, you set up, you set up uh, follow-ups yeah. almost directly. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's... A lot of them read as origin stories in yeah, a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're making our own little anti-Marvel universe. The badass, dude. Uh, yeah. Please, we're making anti-DC these days, but that's another podcast entirely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we got Desensitized Deidre, which we talked about. Yep. Which, which is awesome. Jeffrey uh, R.H. Davis, uh, I wrote that with her. Uh, uh, we conceived the idea with her, and she wrote it, and uh, I love that character. And uh, Jeffrey Zarnow, one of my favorite artists in the book, just a gnarly, gnarly dude. Well, it's the fact that he can handle like both the Disney-esque like, unicorns and Care Bears yeah. intercut with the next panel where like eight people have their hands cut off. And there's like <laughs> way too much blood to be coming out of one dude's nose, but I ain't going to fight it. You know what I mean? That's why I read comics, folks. Uh, no, that, like awesome, awesome book. And then you got a story in there, sir. Miserable Me, right? Yeah, Miserable, Miserable Me is the origin story, uh, illustrated by Brooke Allen. And that's Man um, on the Moon's origin that's story. That's his, how we got, how we got there. How did he get up there? And, um, not the, nice ways. No, I mean, the, <laughs> the moon itself, he was abducted by aliens, that kind of thing. And his mom was a, uh, yeah, his mom was a slut. Or um, a prostitute. I mean, she well, got paid for it, right? Or no, no, she uh, wasn't getting paid. Oh, all right. She was, she was a, a fucking slut. She then. was just yeah. having a good time. Yeah. She was parking every man in the neighborhood. Uh, but, uh, and, and werebear. You gotta read the second the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
There's a whole uh, <laughs> spin-off series. With Moon, Man, Moon, Moon Man's mom and Werebear. <laughs> yeah. It's like a sitcom where they live together. You got it. Oh, we got it. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then Moon, Moon Wars is literally... Now, if right. any of these stories is out of place, it's Moon Wars, but I'm not going to... I I don't care because all of a sudden there's like a fucking Star Wars yeah. space fight in the middle of this comic book. and uh, that You know what I mean? And it's like... It takes place on the moon. Which works because of Moon Lake. Yeah, There dude. you go. Well, I mean, it, it's... Well, it's, it's also tied in because the, the moon itself, we find out in the last story... Yeah. Kind of created Moon Lake, right? Or Yeah. Well, the, the introduction, the idea is that in prehistoric times, uh, a, a piece of the moon. And that's in Cave Girl, right? That's Well, it's in the introduction story. Oh, okay. Yeah, Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a piece of the moon irradiated with lunar radiation, smashed into this specific uh, point in upstate, and um, it the radiation makes people go mad. And it's if the lake bed is just... You know, saturated with it. With evil. Yeah. Did, did you have any specific place in mind when you were thinking of Moon Lake? Is this based on like a real? Um, in the movie, <laughs> yeah. In the movie Hysterical Psycho, uh, we went up to Maine to this place called Bogeyland, which is where we shot the movie. Um, which was, uh, my partner Thomas's, uh, place with his family. They, they go up there and, um, yeah, it was, it was like a, kind of like a, Bungalow colony slash Bates Hotel kind of feel. Not creepy at all, right? No, yeah. it was super creepy. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, 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 it sounds creepy. Wait a minute, sarcasm? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was that's where the moonlight. So when you guys were up there, that was where the whole idea kind of came apart. For the movie, I was like, we we were doing uh, summer theater up there, and I was like, dude, we got to come back here in winter because it'll be an awesome setting for a horror movie, and it was, and that really. uh and look, it created yeah. this whole kind of universe for you in different, sure. how many different I mean, the mediums universe so is, far, The universe yeah. itself is, you know, all the movies, uh, you know, the, the Friday the 13th movies and, you know, all the slasher movies and all the, it's basically, um, it's like if the island in Lost was made up of all these different, uh, genres of horror flicks. Totally. And if the ending was good, if not, Read, oh, not shit. actually readable. <laughs> I'm allowed to say this shit, yo. It's a controversial show. Uh, and then, and then, uh, we got Cave Girl, which is like the first story from Moon Lake, right? That, yeah. that we have going way first, back. Uh, yeah, very yeah. first hero from Moon Lake, yeah. And she's, uh, she's this, uh, girl, um, who, um, basically, uh, it's the first, you know, inhabitants of Moon Lake, the very first people who are living there and thriving there. And, uh, they cast her out because they think she's evil and she basically becomes uh a badass on her own and as as you learn that she's their guardian angel and then uh she protects them from i think the very first dinosaur zombie attack in record yeah i don't i mean we're uh, going on his actual historical factual record you might be right i think in comic books too though like i i don't no many dinosaur zombies, right? Right. Because how do they get infected? You got to get high up there and shit. <laughs> you guys, no, they. You guys yeah. The well, they were. That. They were basically they were preserved in tar pits in the evils of Moon Lake. That's and, all, and they yeah. And then when they they were brought to life, uh, you know, because of supernatural lightning, like anything. How you do? Yeah, yeah. You know how that happens. 
Well, that was kind of how Deidre got brought to life too with the lightning, right? Well, that or, or was that was how she got ended. There's or, that that was the, the that exclamation point on the end of her day. So there's an ongoing everything about Moon Lake, whether it be the weather and the atmosphere, every, everything is evil about that place, right? Pretty much. All right, works. And then the last thing in here, dude, you switched it up on everyone. You did a, you you went a little Alan Moore on everybody. You got you hit us with some pros. Uh, you wrote a short in here called "The Moon Lake Scrolls: God and Science." Yeah, I did. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. What? Why? Why the choice to go pros at the end? Um, we ran out of time. No. <laughs> uh, because we wanted to make it look like kind of like this guy's, you know, journal etchings. This character who was uh, p- kind of like part of the 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 Moon Wars universe. There are these wars taking place. Manifest Destiny style on the moon. We've been fighting with the Greys for years. You know how they were bombing on the moon for water? That was bullshit, man. There's a war up there. And, you know, so he's this, while that war is going on, our character, um, is a saboteur and he's climbing through the bowels of the moon trying to find the, uh, Greys, um, wormhole creating device. So he finds how they it. got to Moonlit. Yeah, yeah, how they snatched the Moon Man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so if we can get control of that, then we can fuck with space time itself. So, <laughs> which our, is what's important, folks. It's what we're all yeah, really yeah, after yeah. at the end so, of the day. So Wife, our, kids, space time, <laughs> complete control. So our character, he basically goes to destroy the machine, and he gets blasted with a uh, portal creating energy, and he himself becomes a human portal, and he goes back in time. And he finds himself jumping back in time uh, against his will, and he finds himself in prehistoric times. And he's like, "Fuck, I gotta write some kind of last will and testament here." And, he, and this is his actual. This is, this is his. That's thing. badass, dude. Yeah. So you created quite the fucking universe here, man. Congratulations. Thanks, I mean, man. it's pretty. It's got to be pretty cool. Now you said it, you're working on a second volume. Yes, and some of it is, you know, there's uh, sequels to the stories, and some of it's new stuff. And we're gonna try and really expand the universe, and I'm gonna be a lot more. Uh, hands on with it, right on. So we'll get yeah. a couple, couple, maybe a couple more stories from you in this yeah, one, right on, dude. Yeah. And uh, for those who want to get the book now, though, it, I mean, it, I can't say it enough. Again, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Uh, the stories inside are fantastic. Uh, local comic book shops, right? Yeah. Um, what website is preferred, gang? The uh, plug. Arkea. Any, any Arkea? You get it straight from Arkea. Amazon. It's on Amazon.com. You can get it right there. You come to Golden Apple Comics if you're in L.A. And iTunes for the radio play. iTunes for the radio play, which is, I mean, has anyone, have you gotten reviews from people yet who have read it yeah. while simultaneously listening oh, to it? Oh, not yet. That's fairly new. That's so got to be my I would my love move. an interview. I it's would like love a, a review of that. I'll hit you back on that, dude. It's yeah. like a modern day Dark Side of the Moon Wizard of Oz. You or got whatever. it. Yeah, 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 dude. Except it's actually meant for it this time. And we're not just going on like a stoner <laughs> hunch. <laughs> Dorothy turns to black and white during the register, cash register, guys. It couldn't be fake, okay? All right, I please. did shrooms once, and I watched oh, that. Oh, yeah, so did I. And I spent the entire time just, like, leaned forward, like, you know, like a ski jumper style. Just about to in my, in my living room, just like, boo, held up by the, the radiation from the television. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens when you, when you take shrooms. It's awesome. You become lighter than air. Yep. Um, <laughs> so that's Wolf. <laughs> That's Moon Lake. It's your first comic book project, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome book. Um, any, any thoughts about any other comics that you'd like to get into or is this? Oh, is it all going to be Moon Lake or do you have anything else that you'd like to do in comic form? Yeah, I got a million ideas. I got a m- movie called Don Peyote. Well, that that's, I'm, I was going to yeah. bring that up. Yeah. That's what you're working on next. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's hardcore, man. That's like Easy Rider meets a Michael Moore film meets the Fisher King. 
That's a pitch right there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's uh, it stars you as Don Peyote. Yeah. I, just... I, um. Well, my or no, your character cousin. Is... Okay. My cousin Warren Allman, uh, who's making a documentary, and through his journey, um, trying to get on the fast track of enlightenment, uh, you know, practicing Zen and drinking ayahuasca, <laughs> he goes off the deep end and he becomes Don Peyote. Who's that? And he's and he's. Or is he more? Is he a Quixote kind of character, or, or a Carlos Castellaneta guy? Like it's he's based a, on it's a Don Quixote kind of right on you know, man. Homage yeah, yeah. there, yeah, definitely. That's badass, dude. And where'd you guys shoot that? We're shooting in New York and L.A., a little bit of Costa Rica, uh, all over. The place. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. got to be the cool one, right? Yeah, when the Costa Rica shoots, yeah, I recommend yeah, yeah. it. Shoot a movie in Costa Rica. Well, yeah. just going there in general, it's it's incredibly healing. Um, the trees grow uh 30% faster. So you look at a tree there in Costa Rica and it'll be like it'll say how old do you think that tree is? You'd be like, "Oh, it's uh 50 years old." They're like, "It's 15 years old." <laughs> and you're just like, "Holy shit." And everyone's walking around like gorgeously sculpted. Are you good at gauging tree ages? Aren't I w- you? I mean, I I'm trying to think about it now. If someone showed me a tree, I'd be like, "I'm fucking stuck." No, it's, it's a tree. If it's a certain height, I'm like 8,000 years. I don't fucking know. It's a tree. No, you know, like you look at a tree and if it's like, you're like, oh, that's a, that's a sapling. Okay. If that you one know? you could tell, but you're like 52 years. Like that's pretty good, man. That's exactly 67 yeah. years old. That's a talent, yeah, man. No, yeah, yeah. No, but so that's the flick you're working on now and you want to do a comic book. It sounds like you want to do a comic book with it too or? Yeah, we're going to do like, um, you know, the, the search for Don Peyote, kind of like a, <laughs> post-apocalyptic survival guide <laughs> um yeah yeah we're thinking of doing something like that i got a, i got a ton of ideas i got um this thing called uh brooklyn gladiator that uh about a boxer that becomes the savior of the world yeah from brooklyn right yeah of course okay that's where you would have to be from because philadelphia boxers that doesn't work anymore well, yeah, yeah no i'm saying Glee's Gleason's gym. Yeah. <laughs> in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got a ton of ideas. That's, uh, awesome, that's all dude. I'm going to say for now. Because you're saving them for now. Yeah. You also have, um, you got a big thing going on right now. If you want to talk about it a little bit, you're on a, uh, a major network television program, sir. Holy shit. Did you, did anyone let you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, ABC. ABC's man up. Man yeah. up. How, how, now that's got to be, dude, in, in your little, in your journey of going from, Tony Award winner to movies, and now all of a sudden you're you're on a giant TV show. How, yeah. how is that different from everything else you've done? Um, well, it's I've never done TV before, and shooting this show is a, it's I mean it's a lot like shooting a movie, which is 12, 14 hour days, and they're uh it's like an extended you know. It's like it's so far it's a several month movie. You know? <laughs> it just uh, never. It's Avatar parts two, three, and four back to back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You're in New Zealand for six years shooting Man Up. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the fun part about it is that it's uh, it's hysterical, and the cast, the chemistry is there, and it seems like we were already just like went off to a running start in the pilot, and. uh it's just getting funnier and funnier, and I, I mean, I like coming to work, you know. That's all, and you guys get yeah. to play like Call of Duty and shit. It looks like and like yeah. geek references, and that's I mean, another thing where, I mean, if you if he's this guy can very much be a cousin of Hutch, you know, uh, from Fanboys, you know, he's he's he he's got 
uh, all the toys. And well, stuff. There's, there's Star Wars stuff. All I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah he's got everything. everything. He's, he's yeah. a man boy, you know. And you man guess, boys, dude. There's a sequel. Yeah. Did man I just boys. think of that? There <laughs> <laughs> you go. And then, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I get to indulge a lot of my childhood, uh, you know insanity in this character too now what's it like i mean like i said the show i think the second episode aired a couple nights ago the show uh like the show opened up to like seven million people eight million people watched it what's it like knowing that many people yeah are watching you dude you know what i mean that's got to be kind of because with movies you, they never put uh, an exact figure on it like that they'll say oh the movie made this much money right and you can kind of extrapolate from ticket sales but it's like eight million people were watching you do your thing the other night that's wild yeah, 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 I mean, it definitely is another level of, uh, yeah, I can't really walk around the street without getting noticed now. Yeah. That's why we have security guards here for you and we'll <laughs> escort you out. Well, dude, actually, Nathan Fillion did a signing here the other night and he had like four security guards that ABC sent. Oh. They didn't give you nothing, man. I don't think they knew about this. Oh, all right. Let's keep it on, let's keep it under wraps then. This is really yeah. on, this is really dangerous. I don't, what's going I don't on? Tra- I mean, I, I know, <laughs> I know JKD. You know, I'm my own security guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know knife work. Is I that, can, I can pick up what's a couple JK, sticks what's and beat JKD? the crap out of you if I had to. Jeet Kune Do? Is yeah. that what it is? We That's have, what uh, Bruce Lee... Someone yelled at me like, Jeet Kune Do, asshole. <laughs> you look like a martial arts expert. You should know all the abbreviations, Matt. Uh, that, that, was, that, that was Bruce Lee's fighting style. Yeah. Were you actually trained? Are you trained with Jeet Kune Do? Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I started training with this like third generation guy who trained from Bruce Lee himself. and Yeah. That's, I know how to like kill you several ways with a knife. I'm sure you could. I, I'm... I could figure probably a couple ways with a knife too, but I'm sure yours are better and like more technique. The cool thing about Bruce Lee is I heard. Well, story- you can do a couple and I can do several. That's what I mean. Back in the seventies <laughs> and stuff, you could hire Bruce Lee for private karate lessons. Like Hollywood, right. there's a lot of like Hollywood, um, celebrity kids who've like had Bruce Lee as their karate instructor. No shit. way. He would like come to your house and stuff. Yeah. Oh like post movies. How cool would that have been, man? Now that's kind of sounds like he was a party clown. <laughs> No, no, he got probably paid a lot, and he was high too, so he didn't care. Okay, I love Bruce Lee. I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Bruce Lee is like Jim Morrison to me, in this in the same sort of importance in a different meter. Yeah, trying to find the connection there. They're both uh, shamans, right? On they're both uh, mystical wizards trying to get people to break through the other side. (laughs) So going back to Man Up, though, so that's you. I mean, it's got to be a fun gig. You hope it keeps going, right? I mean. yeah. It's your new thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope it keeps going for a long, long time. It's a big deal, yeah, man. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Put my kids through college. Do you have kids? Not yet. They'll, but they, they'll be good now, yeah. yeah. Now, you can, now you can have kids. Now I can have a kid. <laughs> uh, another project that you're attached to, dude, and I saw a video online today that was pretty awesome, is um, you're involved in the HBO Sam Kinison biopic. You're going to be playing Sam Kinison. Yeah. That's fantastic, dude. Congratulations. Thanks. That's huge. Especially someone who started as a stand-up. I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be insane for you, right? Yeah, he was a big, uh, you know, major, major person from my childhood, um, who was such a unique, wild ball of, of, uh, anger and, and passion and, and a classic tale of sex, drugs, rock and roll, um, but also Lenny Bruce style, um, 
you know, a guy who had something to preach. He had an agenda, what, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, a lot of people, he's really totally misunderstood. And, yeah. And, and that's a really, that process has been going a, for a long, long time at HBO. They recently just presented a script. Uh, so it's, it's in the process, uh, of happening. Now, did you put yourself on tape for that to begin with? Like, was that a role you heard they were casting Sam Kinison and you were like, oh, come on, I, I have produce, to do this? Oh, uh, the producer of the movie, um, saw me, saw me in the Spelling Bee show and, uh, and I did a movie, uh, uh, Michael Douse, who was the director at the time. Um, I did a movie with, uh, him called Take Me Home Tonight. And we talked about yeah, it which we mentioned before. Yeah, yeah I was like, yeah, we all we spoke about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Just not and, too long uh, ago. And Michael <laughs> Douse basically, uh, we were friends, and he was like, "Shit, man, let's go to Dangerfields and do like a, you know, let's let's do like a little short film with you uh, as a screen test as you as Sam." And we did it. It's floating around on YouTube. That's where I saw it on like Vimeo or YouTube yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's not like a, uh, like a dude in front of a camera, like, hi, I'm Dan Fogler. I'm testing. There's camera angles and stuff. And it, it's like a yeah. real cool short film with you as Kinnison. Yeah. 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 So, th- so that's been an ongoing process, but, but at a certain point, like the trigger gets kicked on that and all of a sudden you're Kinnison. As it were, I mean, you know, you mean, uh, you mean with, with, with the film in production? With, yeah. Being in production. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, I gotta get the, I gotta get the call. And- but you have the gig though, so as soon as they when they make it, you're gonna, you're gonna be Kinnison one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as soon as the plane is ready to take off. Yeah, right on, man. You throw your bags on there. Yeah, that's very cool, dude. It sounds like you got a lot of exciting stuff going on, man. Now you've also been doing the tour, the con circuit a little bit with Moon Lake, right? Yeah, you got- I, I try to get out as much as I can. I'm doing the show now, so it's gets a little busy. Gotta- I think I'm gonna do the L.A. Comic Con coming up. Are you which uh the the and uh the Wizard one coming up in? Yeah, the Wizard. In a few, in a few months, later few in the months, year or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then there's the Kamikaze one. Are you, are you going to be a Kamikaze? Okay, so I that's on that no- one, yeah. November fifth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's over here. That's the first year. That's pretty cool, man. And again, uh, you could everyone could find the book on Amazon, Arkea, uh, your local comic book shop. Get the uh, audio play on iTunes. Yeah. Check you out on Man Up, dude. Anything, yes. anything else you got going on? You want to tell people about or? Uh man, I think we. I think we got everything. We covered it, right? Yeah, dude. Definitely. Unless you want me to prognosticate your future, which would just get weird. Give me, give me a psychic reading. All right, let me. Uh, that, I, that, that's that's it right there. I have a contact in the future who calls in to tell me. So you have to excuse me for. <laughs> Is a it cable? It's all good stuff, man. It's all. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it obscure. All good stuff. You're going to want to find out for yourself. You don't want me. No spoiler alerts. You know what? I all, think you're right. All good stuff coming your because way because we dude. manifest our own destiny. Absolutely. High five. High five on that. Dan Folger, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, right. everybody. Thanks for listening, folks. You can find me. Uh, Dan. Dan's on Twitter at Mr. Dan Fogler. Mr. Dan Fogler. Your, your website, sir? Dan-Fogler.com. All right. And check that out. You can find me on Twitter at Camel Toad. As always, check out all the Camel other. Toad. But it's a T-O-A-D. So it's a, it's a, you see the, if you see the picture, it makes sense, guys. It's a toad riding a camel. With so, very tight pants on. Yes. You know, I never even thought of that. No. You can find me on Twitter at Camel Toad. As always, check out all the other, uh, Smodcast network shows. Me and Matt Cruz over here got a show, a new show live Saturday nights on, uh, Smodcast internet radio called Smidnight. Uh, it's a new call-in show. We're doing like live radio show style. And, uh, other than that, folks, um, Go out and win your own Tony Award. How about that? I'm Matt Cohen. It's been bagged aboard. It's been real. What? Hey! Bag.
I've been boarded. Live. Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.